Nation, welcome back to the panel. Tonight, we will be talking about hot topics such as... The store. <laughs> such yeah. as... Mark, did you shop at the Hot old, Topic the old, when you were in no. middle school? Cause him, no, because now, now you can do it. Now you can get all that stuff let on him, Amazon. Let him get his, his thing out the way. <laughs> Tonight, we'll be talking about the old-fashioned Southern shootout between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. We will be talking about eliminating the Pro Bowl and where we Nostradamus when we came up with that just mere weeks ago. Uh, we're going to highlight the class active one, Mr. J.J. Redick. We're going to highlight some Dynasty rookie players that you're going to want to go after for all of your Dynasty leagues. And if time permits, maybe we talk about the boys this summer. All right, guys, coming at you. <laughs> that yeah. was Pretty good, except for the last part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I can't. Uh, I, I asked uh, Zach to sit on the floor so that he could simulate Phil's yeah, actual sure. size, but he refused. So, uh, well, I think where is it? I think uh, yeah, I think Phil's on a quest. I think he's returning a ring to Mordor or something tonight. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure why he's not here, yeah, but wow. that's yeah. a. Yeah, that's a nerd humor, but I got it. I he, got was, it. he was back on the banana boat, and yeah. we can't find him in the ocean. Anton, uh, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. So, um, Anton, I don't know if you've got a chance to uh, watch our other show, Guys on Draft, but um, Phil, uh, last episode we had the five worst ways to die, and um, – Phil's number one. It was number was one. Was falling out of a first story window. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was uh, falling off a banana boat and drowning. And then he recanted the story where he was on a banana boat in the Gulf of Mexico, which isn't known for its waves, mind you. Um, and he felt like he was in danger. I don't know if you've ever been on a banana boat uh, or not, but no. yeah. Anyways, so that's that's where the jokes are coming from, but you know, yeah. we do we do miss Phil. So so I'll um I'll kick us off with some comments. Um, yeah, yeah, please do. If you if you watch the show, please you know not only like and subscribe, but also check out our social medias: uh, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. You have it. Uh, we're on it. Yeah, and comment, man, and and degrade me because guess what? I have a lot of time off. You a holes. I'm coming back at you. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, bring on the comments. <laughs> we'll highlight some good takes, some bad takes, some funny things that you guys say. I guess I'll kick it off with some Mark degrading. Um, <laughs> Danny Menzel too on TikTok said Danny Menzel. Wow. I know. Yeah, this like was that. about a lot. We got a lot of good comments on when we were talking about where Jadavion Clowney is going to sign, and then that triggered Mark into a spiral argument against he himself. Did. Yeah, about how all of our teams suck, and Roquan Smith's yeah. like one of the best. Either way, so Danny Menzel too says Bears fan was right until he hyped up Fields, took me out of the entire video. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy was like, yeah, 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 and then right as he said Fields, you're like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was trying to right. piggyback Justin Fields on the Roquan Smith. Yeah, uh, you know, you I, I, I have to give Fields some. Yeah, I got to give him some some uh, yeah, some positivity. We, and, there. and we actually had a, a clowny signing yeah. back with the Browns. So yeah. you're gonna love this nickname. He came Rocky. home. So continuing with Justin Fields, continuing with that TikTok. Um, if only they no, they might have spelled it right. Their nickname is or their username is Spaghetti-O. Oh, I like. Yeah, that. that's like really good. Yeah. Um, callback to when. 
you know, you said yeah. spaghetto. Yeah. Uh, he said, can't wait to see how the Kadarius Tony and Kayvon Thibodeau for Justin Fields trains, ter- trade turns oh. out. <laughs> wow. So they're like, I was like, are you from the future, sir? <laughs> because would they're that, calling that shot. So would they? I'm okay with that, man. I, you know what? We went out and we got our guy. And we're going to stick to him. No, he's saying. No, you would trade Justin he, he, Fields this guy is for saying that, Kevin Thibodeau and. Oh, I thought he was saying that the the trade that went down that ge- that switched the spot that gave the Giants the extra picks they ended up with Kadarius Tony and Kevon Thibodeau out of that right? Oh, you actually might be right. Yeah. I was thinking. So I think they ended up with those those two players out of that yeah, deal. You're right. Versus Justin Fields and who in the future is going to end up with the better oh, end of that trade? That's okay, not that's, as funny. Yeah, I thought this guy was saying Anton. Who do you think? Do you think in th- at the end of the day is Justin Fields or is Kadarius Tony and Thibodeau going to be the better, the better players. Don't let me down here, Anton. <laughs> this is that is really a tough one. I, I mean, Justin Fields is supposed to be the guy, but I just I don't know that he. I don't know, man. I, I hate when you use words like supposed to. The Bears is where quarterbacks go to die. Yeah, they do. And, um, oh, I, I don't know that I see him pulling it out. I don't know that I see Fields producing and and becoming what we thought he was going to become. And just when I was starting to like you, I, <laughs> I, I hope he does because we need the the Ohio State football program needs a good pro quarterback. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Come to know. Ohio State, never have a future if you quarterback for our team. They definitely Listen, need, they need a poster boy for success. It is they not do. it is not the issue of the Ohio State. It's the issue of them when they get to the pros and they go to teams like the Washington Commanders and the Bears, okay. where they go to die. So. Okay. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can get behind that. I think they do a pretty good job of shooting themselves in the foot. Okay, I'll do I'll do a few more real quick. Got so it. I've got one more that I thought we can actually kind of like talk about and let's do for a second. Captain C-A-N-N-A-K-C-86 on TikTok said, Miles Garrett is the only reason he looked good last year. Boom. Robert Quinn is way better than Clowney. Damn. Listen. Oh, some more Bears love, even listen, though Quinn's going to be gone. But Listen, so I'm going to go on record to say Clowney is one of the best run-stopping defensive tackles in the league. Again, okay. when he's not the dude, so Miles Garrett being there. He had nine sacks last year. Is I think his biggest total uh, at least since his Of course it season. is, because if you're looking at running Miles Garrett's <laughs> direction, you're going the other way. So who's I, the beneficiary? Jadavion Clowney. If he can stay healthy, I believe that he's going to have another great season. So I highlighted in one of our episodes many, many, many episodes ago, I made the point that every time that Clowney signs with a team, that defense statistically drops. And it was true all the way up until last season. And it's only because they had, when he's the guy, it, it doesn't work out. But when you got a guy like Miles Garrett, you're not running at Miles Garrett intentionally. You're, you're doing it accidentally if you have to change direction. So you're going Clowney's way or you're rolling so, out Clowney's so way. What you're saying is that you were right every time except for last year. <laughs> that, that's what I heard. I heard last year you were wrong. No. Uh, so. what did, I'm right uh, all the time. What does Anton think about that real quick? Anton, do you, what do you think of uh, Javadian? Uh, Jav- wow. <laughs> wow. Clowney. Uh, Jay Clowney. Clowney. You know, I, I, I've always liked him as a player, but I always thought, I honestly thought in college he was a little bit overrated based on how he played. Um, and and the reason I will tell you that is his senior year, there was one guy that was deemed to be the only guy that could block Clowney in college, and it was a player that I actually coached up while we were at Tennessee um, and uh, showed him a few things that he could do against Clowney, and he was able to shut him down. 
And there are just ways if you get your hands on Clowney, and Lyman will know this, if you can get your hands on Clowney, it's very easy to shut him down. And so I think guys know that. Um, while he's a dynamic player, he's very quick off the ball. Uh, if you get guys that are good athletes, they can block him. And so while you think he's going to be this force, he may not be the same force against the run that he, that he could be in the past. So Miles um, Garrett seems to be a player, if you're comparing uh, a guy that can, that can do both. So are, you, so are you saying that you could block Clowney? All I'm hearing, he, not, he can not only block Clowney, but he taught other people how to block Clowney, which is fantastic. No, no, no. I was, saying, I, I was just saying that one of the players on our yeah. team, I was able to, to <laughs> show him how to do it. Rocco's no, trying to start the pot. Oh, oh, man. I'm, I am trying to start trouble. I apologize. Rocky, Rocky, I think Rocky was shooting for an Antone v. Clowney uh, web battle, no. <laughs> having Clowney call listen, into the show. <laughs> listen, Clowney is... It is what it is, man. You get your hands inside on him, and you can shut that's, him down. I that's can right. show you. On yes. Face. That's right. Yeah. Antone, way to, way to double down. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Final comment is from Scott Carroll, 3168. I like this Scott. is when we were talking about yeah. what is the proper length of your shorts yeah, as this, a man. This, uh, Anton, you were not part of this debate, but the debate was should your shorts be nine inch, six inch, s- seven, or was it seven, six, seven inch or, or five. five inch? And we, I think. You and I were kind of more the five inch. Yeah, I'd be wearing the short shorts sometimes. Phil was in the middle, mm-hmm. and then I think you were more <laughs> Mark's of the nine inch. Yeah. yeah, Mark was nine inch. Well, I mean, you gotta. Man, I'm saying no, no more than two inches above the knee, man. Okay, yeah. so that's See? like a, that's probably if like you, a if seven. You're, if you're six inches above the knee, I'm questioning that. <laughs> well, Anton's a tall guy, so that could yeah, be like that's fair. A nine inch short on me would be like a five inch on you know. We're I mean, dancing around a very obvious joke right now. Yeah. I'll, I'll, so Scott Carroll three one six eight says nine inch cargo or jorts all day every day. You sir should go to jail for that statement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Scott Carroll. Hey, maybe he's got a little bit more to cover up than some of you guys that are voting for the My five ass, inch shorts. Okay, nine, nine inch. Jorts, and you are trying to say something that you don't have. I'm just saying five inch, five inches. Is he a Gators fan? I'm just saying five inches. You're not trying to cover up the mushroom tip at the end of five he's, inches. He's you're not Cowboys worried about it. You're not worried about a little peekaboo. I know you I'm guys. Have, saying. You guys have seen the Cowboys like starter pack with it's like the Tony Romo jersey, the, the nine inch cargo, New Balance shoes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so those are our comments. Thank you for commenting. Let's yeah. go on to our first section. Pressing issues. What's the issue? If there's issues, we gonna press them. Oh yeah, come on now. Hey, baby, yeah. ready? I I just don't think you can. It's impossible for one of us not to sing along every week. I don't to that. think you can do any better than that drop. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, I mean, that's you? a high standard. Okay. It is, man. That, I mean, we hang our hat on that. I mean, you've been singing, uh, you've been walking around singing Harry Styles. All right. Why do we have to go there? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think you should maybe hum, okay. a, hum a little bit for us. I will admit the new Harry Styles album is not half bad. My girlfriend has been playing it a lot and it is stuck in my head. Yeah. No, I will not sing any. <laughs> Anyways, but, maybe for uh, guys on draft, we tend to sing for some reason on that show. Okay, so our first topic, uh, and I really want like Antone's kind of like, yeah, I his thoughts too. on this, but <clears throat> Nick Saban versus Jimbo Fisher. And so let me set this up. This was Nick Saban talking to a room of his boosters, and he was telling his boosters basically say, uh, that Jimbo bought every player in the number one recruiting class 
last year in college football. But he also was kind of saying, I need more money to do it too. And that was kind of missed. He, he, he wasn't necessary. He was angry about it, but he wasn't saying he wouldn't do it. He just was saying they did it. It's wrong. Can I get more money? So what do you guys think about that? Antone, what do you think about this well, uh, NIL deal in general? Should we let him go last? Save the best for last? Because okay. that, was, that was a good yeah. strategy last time. Okay, let's, Antone, we're going <laughs> to save He, he does have the most insight. Because <laughs> when pressure, he, man. When, pressure. No, when you lead off, man, it, you know, yeah, it, we have nowhere to, to go say, because yeah. we're a bunch of idiots talking about something that we think we might know. When you're like, guys, I live this, I breathe this, I yeah. eat this, now yeah. I'm going to spit it back out at you. <laughs> and you're telling the truth. We're just guessing. Well, and just having had a son who's gone through the process, although when your son went through the process, NIL, was was it a thing or was it not a thing? You mean when I went through? No, when your son uh, went through, NIL was just starting. Just starting. Yeah. Literally just starting. He he, kind of, it it literally, I guess, came into effect when he was able to come on. So, um, yeah. But when you... um, compete against some of the other guys it's not going to be it's it's going to really affect sort of your big name guys on the team so if you if you look at South Carolina it's going to be like a rattler type kid or somebody like that yeah and and I think I mean uh, to start with are we like we're all okay with the NIL I I like the fact that it helps players make money yeah why not I feel like that's just the direction things go anyways yeah and uh, the system makes billions for these schools and coaches so I I don't think do any of us have problems helping the players while they're in school. I have no beef with it. No, I don't. I mean, I don't know that they need, you know, an extravagant amount of money because, you know, a lot of it does go to kind of helping the school programs, you know, and they spread the wealth out a little bit. Um, But, I, you know, I've always said, you know, the same thing in the pros, man. When you bring in big names, that – they're they're the ones putting the asses in the seats, right? So they deserve a little bit of cut of the money. UFF. <laughs> UFLR. <laughs> nice plug. Incorrect plug there for a second. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and they're coming out to see certain players. So for them to, to kind of reap the benefits of their name, image, likeness being with that team, I, I don't have a problem with that. Now, do we have to go and sign, you know, $45 million deals for, for you know, somebody – you know, like uh, like Jalen Hurts, for instance, wow. uh, you know, playing in college. Uh, no, no, I don't think he needs that kind of money in college. You know, wait, save that for the pros. That way it also still keeps that competitive edge, too. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you're making that money in college, you might kind of – Manziel probably would have petered out and never even attempted the NFL had he made that yeah. kind of money in college. Yeah. You know? I, and who knows? Maybe he did. And and according to a lot of what I'm hearing, him coming out and putting people on blast on podcasts, that is what happened. Is he was like, why why do I have to compete to make all this money in the NFL when I'm getting all this the secret money from the boosters? I'm going out, I'm partying, I'm having a great time, I'm living my best life, and I'm just naturally gifted at football. Yeah, that can be a, a problem <laughs> I can see happening. The the one thing I'll say about that kind of thing is, I wish me personally, like I don't know how how everyone else thinks, but like I wish I could kind of be younger again and then really like try my ass off to like go to college for for sports and then get some NIL money and then call it quits. Yeah. But what, what sucks here is the NIL money. Is that only football or is that across all sports? I don't know. Sports. 
It is across all sports, man. I'll, I'll try and be a really like cool so, and polar, polarizing placeholder kicker. <laughs> so like, just, you know, no, like girls that go to go to school on scholarship for softball or for for field hockey or guys for lacrosse, like that money is not going to be anywhere be. near yeah. what football generates because we've built football, you know, to the top of the apex, to the top of the food chain as far as sports are concerned in this country, you know, yeah. and some of these other kids that are really dynamic at their sports and you know absolute standouts are, are not going to kind of feel the repercussion of being able to capitalize on that in yep. college. And this is where they're going to peak. Let's face it. I mean, there's no professional softball league. Well, there, there are, but it's, it's nothing to the standards of what, you know, the, the four major sports are. So there's no, like in college, it's going to end for field hockey and college is going to end for softball and college is going to end for lacrosse. Unless somehow you make it into one of these, kind of gimmicky leagues where you you know you might capitalize on your on on being a character in in you know in, in your in your relative sport but you're not going to get paid for like how amazing you are at your sport yeah and i mean i'll and it affects the coaches too not only the players and i'll, I'll kind of ask the question to the panel because i don't have too much as far as like the jimbo fisher saving feud goes but how deep do these types of things cut and how much drama does it open up because jimbo on his response presser kind of was talking about he was saying like look into Nick Saban because yeah. there's a lot of things that you probably wouldn't like that he was talking about us about or etc that kind of thing and he was kind of going at his character a little yeah. bit he was going into yeah. his profession a little bit so like how deep can it get so like like shady recruiting then he was well, kind of I mean, pointing they they served on the same staff yeah uh i i think Jimbo was on his staff at LSU um, and it was it was comical. Like the entire, in fact, I actually watched Jimbo's press conference twice because it was mm -hmm. so interesting. If he had just said like the first five minutes, that would have been good enough. But yeah, he continued he to going, go, yeah. yeah, and even said, "My mother taught me that if you speak that way, you get smacked. Maybe somebody <laughs> ought to smack him." So it was an interesting. Um, I mean, yeah, he definitely was calling. Let's face it, Saban in, in the character. We've all we've all seen the movie Blue Chips at yeah. this point, I'm sure. So I mean, there's got to be not well, Zach, uh, maybe yeah. not Zach. You know, <laughs> I'm sure there's at that level, at that kind of D1 competitive level, I'm sure there's definitely some shady dealings all across the board. Whether you're Nick yeah. Saban, Jimbo Fisher, or you're Tom, Dick, and Harry Smith, uh, you know, with these other smaller D1 programs. You're still doing it. You're probably a little shady. So, Anton, how do you feel overall? And I'm not sure how much you had a chance to look at, um, uh, you know, or hear this news conference, et cetera. Yeah, I've, I've seen bits and pieces. And, and quite honestly, I think it's, it's kind of funny um, because all of these teams have sort of a, a dark side, if you will. And um, I think that one to call the other one out when that's kind of a cardinal sin kind of thing and it was kind of shocking to hear Nick say something and then it was even more shocking to hear what, like like what you just said what Jimbo said like he Jimbo started going deep <laughs> that was <laughs> that was really surprising yeah you know yeah. um I, I really feel like you had to know this was going to become the wild west right you had to know that every booster or every group was going to say we want players how do we get them folks had to know that this was going to happen. But the reality is it's, it's, uh, it's fair game across the board. Um, it, it depends on how much you want to go to a school or want to build up your team. We all knew this could happen. So it's not surprising. It is surprising that Jimbo went in like he did. Yeah. It, it really what Jimbo's, I'm going to call it speech, 
generated a lot more questions that I think a lot of people are not going to just let go. No, no, I think that you're right. There's going to be, there's probably a handful of investigative journalists right now that are trying to dig into Saban's past. Um, And I think a lot of this was motivated by Saban. Uh, You know, really, if you think about it, you've had four programs lately that are at the top. You've had Clemson, you've had Alabama, Ohio State, and maybe Georgia, some years LSU, some year, you know, there's a rotating, but for the most part, you've got like a big three, big four. And suddenly, Texas A&M with their oil money, or maybe UT who suddenly can snag a player because they can offer maybe three or four players a big NIL deal, or Jackson State with Deion Sanders. See, that's the surprising one. I, I know you're saying Texas A&M and UT, but let's face it, before, you know, the SEC has really come to dominance in what, the last like 15 years probably, right? Before that, I mean, you were looking at teams 30. like, how many 30? 30. I mean, you were looking at Texas being very relevant every year. You were looking at Texas A&M being pretty relevant consistently. You know, I think now that they're in the SEC, I think people are putting a different placement on them because they've been interjected into now a, a conference in the SEC that, you know, they may have been dominant for the last 30, but for the last like 10 to 15, they've been like super dominant because of the recruiting process that they've been able to do. So I think Texas A&M and Texas, I think teams like that, and even Ohio State, I know you like to put them there in the top three. You said maybe Georgia. I would definitely put Georgia over Ohio <laughs> well, State. I mean, you but, put Georgia there the last couple of years, and they had the talent in the state, but they haven't been in the in the playoff picture as much as Well, no, Alabama, because they're playing SEC competition constantly. So, I mean, it, you know, sure. it's tough. So now you interject teams like Texas A&M and Texas, and finally those teams are like, it's about damn time. Now we can start bringing recruiting back on an even playing field and start bringing these players back into these prestigious programs, and now we're going to see a little bit more level playing field. Jackson State is the outlier, and that's because Dion's there. Dion's a big draw. Dion seems to be a fantastic coach. He's a great personality. He was one of the best defensive backs to play the game, and I think kids want to play for him. I, yes, I agree with everything you just said, but but here's my take is that this will even out. First of all, the NCAA, which right now is avoiding this like the plague, they are allowing it to be the Wild West. At some point, we'll enter back into the fray and we'll make some rules around the NIL, number one. Or the coaches and the schools themselves will because it's just going to get out of hand. Number two, a booster for Jackson State is going to pay $3 million for a kid who's going to bust. And they're going to be reticent to take that chance to spend $3 million because there is no sure player. Like I can give you a list of five-star kids that looked amazing that got beat out at Ohio State by a three-star player that just worked harder. Are they all quarterbacks? <laughs> yes, and one is named uh, Justin. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you a question, Rocky. Sure. What do you do with the kids? I mean, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard that uh, one school in the SEC paid a quarterback $8 million. Wow. So what do you do with that kid? He gets the $8 million, probably guaranteed. He either doesn't work out or he leaves the school, goes to another school, gets another $8 million, 
Now, the people who paid the first $8 million are pretty upset. Can you imagine the sort of in- trap that this 17-year-old kid is in, having to deal with people who have laid out a lot of cash? And I mean, yeah. $8 million yeah. to me is pretty significant. If you do that a couple of times because the kid decides to transfer, what do you have other than just a, oh, man, you know, we, sh- we shouldn't have done that? Well, I mean, who, it, who it, at some point that's a great this breaking. kid, you know, needs to be, somebody's going to be mad. Well, I mean, it oh, for sure. happened last year. I mean, Ohio State signed Quinn Ewers, who was the number one quarterback in their class. He enrolled early in Ohio State, got a million-dollar NIL deal, never played a down, practiced with the team a handful of times, then decided to transfer to Texas and has already signed a $3 million NIL deal. So before he has even played – in a spring game, he has earned four million dollars. Man, I mean, it's crazy. So that's non-refundable. Can he do that? I, I mean, in the current system, you can transfer every year, can't you? Some point, somebody's yeah. going to say, "Give me my money back." Yeah, that's, exa- that's exactly it. You know, I think I think you hit the nail on the head when you said the NCAA is just sitting back right now, and they're like, "This is why we didn't do this." Right. Yeah, but yeah. you guys wanted it, yeah. so I'm going to let you test the yeah, waters. And now look at this: time, the NCAA could have headed a lot of this off if they'd have just given kids a little jersey money, if they could give right. them a little, little yeah. extra money, if they could have given them a little, um, you know, yeah. hey, go work in the summer and make your job. I don't care if you're making. $100 to watch cars, go make your money. Yeah. They created this problem. They did. And now they want to say, you know, they throw their hands up to it. I think it's, I think it's an NC2A problem. I think it's a lack of leadership. Uh, and I yes. think it's basically created now the Wild West when this could have been headed off easily. Oh, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 100% this is in, it, it was short-sighted on the NCAA because they didn't want to even wade into the water. And now they find themselves in the deep end of the pool and, and, you know, everybody's drowning and you got like, you know, it's so funny to me because I, I find it funny that Nick Saban is kind of crying about an unfair system. L- listen, Nick Saban should not. I mean, this guy has players on his bench yeah. that would start <clears throat> at any other program, probably right. in college football. Even, you know, what's even more funny to me is I want to know who. You know, supposedly this was behind closed doors. I want to know who leaked this information because, you know, like you were saying, you know, old Texas A&M oil money. Someone's sitting in that room. All of a sudden they're perking up and they're like, oh, shit, is Nick Saban? Yeah, is going it, off. Is he yeah. throwing shade at yeah. the oil industry? Yeah. <laughs> and then they go back to Mr. Exxon Valdez and they're like, sir, uh, we've got a problem here. Yeah. yeah Nick Saban is crying a foul and calling you out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a it's a big mess. I, I, the one last thing I'll kind of say about it was Jimbo was talking about you guys should ask him and his staff about the things that he's done, and they're like, "Wait, sir, didn't you work for Saban? Can we ask you these questions?" He's like, "Hey, I'm just making a statement." Yeah. <laughs> Shout out McAfee Show. They kind of highlighted that as well. Well, Anton, we have appreciated you being on for this section. I know you've got to drop off. Thank you, guys. Hey, as always, we appreciate your intellect because uh, it's a lot It's a lot bigger than ours. Yeah, man, I want to I <laughs> see you do something with the NCAA. You should be like the player representative for, for this whole entire NIL breakdown for the NCAA. Dude, you have such a fresh take hey. on it, and you have you bring such like a level-headed mind to it. I, I'm, I, wanna, you I know, don't think my endorsement means much, but I endorse you. <laughs> Yeah, you know what, man, I appreciate it. But you know what? We were talking about this stuff back when I played. We mm-hmm. recognize 
how much money was being brought in by the schools. And, and all we were ever told was, well, you're getting a scholarship. And the reality is that these athletes are driving this, this, the revenues that come into these schools. They are the drivers. And yep. for folks to go as many years as they've said and say the players deserve nothing but their scholarship and then other folks around the campus deserve just as much as these players who are tr- truly driving everything, all the revenue. You know, I used to use an analogy. You know, the football team is like the apple tree, you know, because people used to always complain, why do the players get so much? Why do the athletes get so much? It's like an apple tree, right? And you got to fertilize the apple tree. If you fertilize the apple tree, it produces a lot of apples and everybody gets to eat apples. If yeah. you don't take care of the apple tree, it dies and nobody gets anything. The reality is these players drive the revenue and you've got to take care of these players. I don't care about anything else. The reality is that's what it is. No matter what the sport was, if that sport was the apple tree, then fine. If it's driving the revenue, fine. But in this case, in this sport, football drives these schools and their athletic programs. Yeah. Well, I'm going to. It's just a fact. I'm going to start a write in campaign for a retroactive NIL contract for <laughs> Anton Davis at University of Tennessee. 100%. Yeah, and I think it should be like I honestly think it should be like a 3 to 4 million dollar a year NIL contract. I think you would you be willing to do some marketing. Just, yeah, <laughs> man, absolutely. Yeah. Just wear a UFL shirt when you do it. Yes. Yes, please. All right. do. Thanks Anton. You <laughs> have a good night, bud. Thanks All right, guys. Dude. All right. See you later. And he honestly, he has like he has awesome perspective on these types of issues because a he's lived it, b now he's reliving it because you know his son's going through it. Yeah. But he, I love how he attacks things from like the from all angles and yes. thinks about different yeah. scenarios that no. would happen. Yeah, well, and you know it's it, it's true. No man. other listen, no other fantasy podcast as an ex NFL player. Yeah. Hey, why don't you put a well, ring? I on mean, Pat, why, why don't you put a ring on it, Mark? I got I got to play the fill role. How about that? How about that? That (laughs) ring right there? Is that what we're talking about? That seemed like an awesome segue for that play (laughs) right there. You're not playing a good fill role. You'd be like, nobody gives a damn about your ring. Nobody cares about you, Mark. (laughs) Like he'd be getting all angry. This is what Phil does. Hey, hey, you stink. (laughs) After he gets heated for like 15 minutes. Can you make your your voice go up and down? I mean, you haven't done that yet. I haven't. Well, let's talk about this little bling here for for a second. I'm giving you a minute timer. I coached last night the winning T-ball all-star team to their championship. My boys played fantastic. Uh, our teams, it was a, it was four, it was four squads versus four squads. Uh, ours was made comprised of the Mets, the Phillies, the Marlins and the Orioles. TikTok. We took down this team after four innings, 17 to eight. We all earned these rings and wow, that's some bling right there. Can I um, timer? Can yeah. I just go on you record had, to you say you had 26 seconds to spare? See how, that? How much I'm not long-winded do you like do you guys. when you're hitting off a stick? I, I'm just, I mean, <laughs> a T. I, you know, I mean. So but here's my thing, right? And oh. and this is why. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is why. This is why parents, you know, they, they're appreciative, right? And it's it's great to see when parents are appreciative of of coaches at this level at T-ball. You want to teach them two things, right? You want to teach them a the love of the game because you want this to become embedded into their into their DNA. You want them to be able to strive to become better, and then you give them the resources to do that, which is the fundamentals. So you teach them the fundamentals comprised, or you teach them the fundamentals, and you pair that with the love of the game. And now you have kids who are going to desire to take those fundamentals and get better. And I love it, man. I 
I'm just I'm out there. See, this is <laughs> total. You're like three minutes. Total. I don't care now. Uh-huh. Now, now you got me talking about something I'm passionate I'll about. I'll hit the fill. Total positivity, man. Hey, I like how you slunched down there. Hey. <laughs> Boom. All right, that's all I'll good say. Job. Good, da- good dad moment there. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. No, I actually am proud. High fives all around. Dude, I, it's fantastic. No, I, it's I, so much fun. I actually, when I saw that today, a little, I had this feeling in my chest, and I it's I don't normally <laughs> get that feeling in my chest. Yeah. And then, he, w- took it, and then he took a Tums, and it was all good. <laughs> it, it was pride. It was pride in Mark. It was Mark Donna seeing the championship. You know, it was it was, it was nice. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult nice. to wear. Hey, this don't keep every that on day. too long because oh, right. your finger will, will turn, turn green. green. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so. All right. What's the next little? So I think we were prophetic several weeks ago. I think Mark actually. I'm gonna give you some credit. I think you guys, uh, st- you two, More both credit. started this. You were asking whether it was time to kill the yeah. NFL Pro Bowl. Yeah, I mean, coming from just like a kind of a younger perspective on the things, like it just isn't as, when I was younger, like I wanted to go to the Pro Bowl. Like I, right. I wanted, I was like, oh man, the best players are going to be playing football together. It's going to be cool. And then like, I want to say probably like four or five years ago, it just isn't something you even watch anymore. Yeah. And, and if I'm being totally honest, like the last time I gave a shit about the Pro Bowl, I was in high school. Yeah. I'm now a 43-year-old man. So that was many, many years ago. So like back then, you know, when you're growing up and you're playing out in the street or you're playing in your pickup games, right? Everybody does that thing where they call a player. They're like, oh, I'm Derek Thomas on defense or, you know, yeah. like I'm Randy Moss, you know, <laughs> and like you're looking at these players, you're putting them on the pedestal. And back then the, the Pro Bowl was like the mecca of that. You're seeing all these players and it was kind of like your street games, you know, like coming coming together because everyone's calling these same players. And it felt like it meant something back then. Now, I, I don't know, man. It feels like everybody puts on the let's not get injured, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, I'm going to so give you guys. I, I, well, first of all, I'm going to give you a deep, deep, deep cut. Ancient cut. Even a, way Ancient. older than me. You better get out the nine-inch the way, nine inch inseams. Way older than me. You got to look this up. It's the curse of Rocky Calavito. And so it was a... Uh, all-star game in baseball. Uh, the Indians had a great young player, um, and uh, he got injured when Pete Rose, who refused to take it easy in any game ever, slid and ruined. Charlie Hustle. Yeah, who ru- and he ruined Rocky Calavito's career, ended his career basically, and so the Indians, and they were a promising young team full of promising young players, never kind of recovered from this injury, kind of sent the Indians in a tailspin. And ever since then, that was kind of the first, and I was not, honestly, I was a, a young boy, probably like three or four. And I remember a big discussion back then even about we need to end these competitive all-star games. Which to me is horseshit because this is, this is supposed to be the best of the best, right? You know, when it, honestly, when it started kind of losing steam for me too, is when we started collectively voting these people in, right? Yeah. It, it used to be yeah, statistics. Popularity contest. It used to be statistics. The best players at their positions would get in, right? Because you want to see what the cream of the crop looks like versus the cream of the crop. And if you're doing everything correctly, then you're not really going to succumb to to 
to bullshit injuries, right, from, you know, ruining somebody's career. Now, mind you, you're still going to have, especially now with AstroTurf and all that, you're still going to have, like, the, the ACL tears, but that can happen during practice. We've seen it happen how many times during practice, you know? And it used to be, it was la creme versus la creme, and it was amazing. And it should be, because that means that all of these guys are the most skillful at their positions, so it's, once again, a level playing field, only at the next level, because now you're talking about everybody elite, you know, to go back to this T-ball All-Star game, it's like taking your team and the best players, then you go to the next level. So now instead of having to teach the fundamentals to everybody in the All-Star game, it's it's all the kids that can already, that have already shown progress in doing that. So now everybody's on the same playing field and ends up being, you know, a very, a very competitive match. Yeah. And, you know, that's gone, man. It's, it's no longer, that's not the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is and, just like this overhyped glorification yes. of, you know, getting the trade jerseys at the end of the goddamn game. Like, I'm so over the Pro Bowl. I'm, I hope it <laughs> okay, does get eliminated. So, so you so you say eliminated. I, I yeah. would say it's got to be changed or eliminated. What do you say? Yeah, I, I think it, yeah, I'm probably more so on the changing it okay. thing. But at the same time, though, like, Mark is correct about the Pro Bowl just not being what it used to be. But what, what's the what was the news that dropped? So there's a couple options. They've talked about doing a flag football game, which I'll be honest with you. It already is. Yeah. Well, it is. And I've seen injuries in flag football games actually yeah. pretty pretty common, to be honest <laughs> yeah, with you. In fact, stores, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've played flag football games that were almost as rough as some tackle football games I've played. <laughs> um, but the coolest one that they've talked about is actually having the uh, voted-in players playing themselves in Madden in a giant EA eSports Madden yeah. football game, which I, just, I, yeah. I think it's kind of cool. I think there's just more, there's more polarizing events that you can do that are just better than the actual Pro Bowl itself. Right. Build up those events before the Pro Bowl, maybe make the Pro Bowl kind of like a, not like a finale because finales are usually grand, but more of like a closing event for the entire weekend or something like that. That's a good way to put that. Yeah. yeah. I think I thought of, well, we thought of a bunch of ideas we and did. go back and look at that video because some of those might come true, but I thought of another one. Um, yeah. When Anton was talking about coaching the kid that learned how to block clowning and give him trouble. What if you had like a vet or like retired player skill matchup oh, versus a current player. So I thought of like, what if Anton threw it down against Clowney and they were just doing some like blocking well, drills? Or that, like, that'd yeah, be amazing. Uh, yeah. I mean, what if you had like a current current cornerback covering, uh, you know, a receiver that yeah. wants thinks he can still do it, or like Jerry, or vice versa. Jerry Rice yeah. against like Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, like, huh? that yeah. would be kind of yeah. exciting. I mean, Deion Brett, Sanders, Brett Favre yeah. comes back, like Justin Jefferson versus Deion Sanders, like something. Ooh, I got like, a good one. Terrell Owens wants to play in the NFL so bad yeah, still. And Ocho Cinco. What if you put them in the pro, not in the Pro Bowl, but in an event against some of these like really good corners and safeties? See if yeah. they actually can do it. You know what? How, how about this? Uh, your your old quarterback. Which one? Donovan uh, against uh, upset stomach. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. See if he can uh, see if he can do it. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Donovan versus Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> I mean, you know. He'll probably lose that one. You no, know, I, I think what they should do is I would love to see, and this is the one part of the weekend that I love, is I, I used to love, and I was glued to it, the skills challenge. Put yep. the top 10 at every position, come up with a set of skills, overall winner, incentivize it make it something worth their while to participate to their fullest but capabilities much, but, but how much would it have to be like i'm, I'm you know i'm being honest because well, like a lot of these guys yeah. if they're in the pro bowl 
I mean, not all of them, but a lot like, of them are making good money. What about right. making their signing bonus or something? So, or so let's like just, equivalent. Let's I mean. just say, like a lot of these guys, right? I'd, I'd say the league average is probably somewhere around the twenty million range, right? For everybody around, right? But that's for an entire that's for an entire season. That's for all the work you put in with with training camp, practices, games, playoffs, right? I mean, playoffs are usually incentivized, but that's the season long. You're telling me you wouldn't like for for Two days over a weekend, you wouldn't be incentivized to win a million dollars for two days worth of work. Wow. How, how about this? I mean, I would. How, yes, I would be. But how about this? And I'm recently rich. I mean, to give me two days to, to, to make a million dollars, and I'm happy as shit about that. I got how, a stat to throw at you guys after you're done. How about this? You're playing for a year's worth of starting of no positive drug <laughs> test. Oh, that's a good one. No positive <laughs> well, drug test. What if you can <laughs> and all the and all the weed you can smoke? The guns it's you a want. free pass. <laughs> they probably couldn't do it for every player that wins a Pro Bowl event. But what if like the like the most winningest player or the best of the like the MVP of the whole events or anything like that? What if they like made their contract one hundred percent guaranteed? Or yeah, there <laughs> you go. Oh, you mean like for his career or yeah. d- like his current contract? Like it's guaranteed. That's actually that's a fresh take. That's I actually don't think they would do it though. No, they wouldn't. But that's well, fantastic. The team wouldn't want to. Yeah. The team wouldn't. The NFL yeah. would have to help sponsor that because yeah. the team is going to. Yeah. The team would be rooting against them. Yeah. So yeah. Um, about f- the median salary in the NFL is actually only like a million bucks. Fifty-seven percent of NFL football players make a, around a million to two point five million, with the top eighty-six percent wow. making five point five to. 200 that million well, i'm talking so. about people that would be i'm talking about players yeah. that would be involved so with the would, pro bowl so exactly so it would be more on the yeah, obviously so it would be on the bigger side of things yeah. like high teens more but than it likely. probably yeah. would incentivize like if you're a rookie if you're jamar chase and you're playing on your rookie yeah, salary yeah you're right and it's a guaranteed contract or a million bucks for and, two and two days you can make it a thing to where it's like oh, all these rookies are outclassing and outperforming these vets to make it to the Pro Bowl. Like, how good are you truly during the regular season? How about this? Or Wait, bracketize it into monetary value and say like everybody making under like three million dollars a year get to compete, and the winner of that gets to face the highest paid player versus the skill challenge and then that will then set the current market for the Wait, for free Wait. agency in the next I've season. I've got it. I've got it. How about this? <laughs> The non-skill players play the skill positions, and the skill <laughs> positions play the line. That's like on Madden when you have like 12, 12 Patrick Mahomes play yeah. on it. <laughs> Dude, you have wide receivers that can't even block down yeah. field one on one for yeah, Christ's sake. I, I would like to you see have, that. Would be t- funny. You actually. have tight ends that yeah. can't even that can't even chip. You have see, running backs that miss blocking assignments all the time. That'd yeah. be horrible. The, the offensive the offensive lineman would be in their glory because I guarantee some of those guys out can some of hey. those guys can go out there. They can throw a pass. But they I want to see I want to see Joe Batonio throw a pass. <laughs> I, I want to see if yeah. he can throw a twenty yard pass. That'd be funny. To uh, another lineman, I think that puts running a, a bubble screen. A bubble I want to see it. <laughs> I think that that's a that's a good that's a hey Roger Goodell. I hope you're listening because we just yeah, gave you better. This is and gold. if you are listening, like and subscribe. This is gold. <laughs> this is gold. Yeah. You just blew my mind. Stay classy. We have got to change that. That's such a band aid yeah. on top of a band aid. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So who Not is good. our state classy candidate this week? Yeah, so I guess I'll kind of, kind of, I'll yeah. you know, I'll preface a little bit. Uh, JJ Reddick in the past has been kind of making a name for himself as far as sports commentating goes. Um, you know, his fan like favorite sports personality as far as news goes. He's been on ESPN a little bit. He has his own podcast. 
and he's been getting a lot of credited players on there. He just seems to be able to not only have people talk to him at a certain respect and really gets like some good details that you wouldn't get if like Max Kellerman is interviewing Jason Tatum, vice versa. Right. And he's also putting a lot of people in check. He's putting Pat Bev in check. He's been putting yeah. Max Kellerman in check as well. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. So what did he say to Max Kellerman and who is it about this currently <laughs> this past week? Yeah, so pause this video, zoom in yes. and read, and read yeah. the quote that, yeah. that Rocco put on Th- there. This but. is important. Cause like, <laughs> I think everything he said about Luca, who I know Mark, this is your like, Oh baby! I, yeah. I believe that you have a Luca stuffed animal that you sleep with. <laughs> I might kind of looks like the Connor Barwin yeah, one. It's anatomically anatomically correct, <laughs> <laughs> and it may it may lay on the back of your legs. It, it may. <laughs> man, Luca can post me up anytime. Oh. Man. Oh, Luca, <laughs> Luca is Luca's fantastic, man. We've highlighted it. The guy's got he's got all around game, right? Yeah. And what I love about Redick is. Reddick comes to the aid of the players, man. Yeah, He's always really willing to back shit up. And I know this is a small part of it, but Reddick just a few short weeks ago, you know, was there, there were some, there were some other, and I think it's kind of related. There were some other comments made about how, um, th- these, these guys that are playing today wouldn't hold up in the NBA back yeah. then, which is related yeah. to this. And then he said, you know, it was a different, well, different actually, actually back it was then. Bob Cousy that said it which was really interesting. He was talking about how if one of the current players tried to drive in getting fouled, like he got fouled, they would not last. And Reddick was having none of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but so I, we don't really got to say too much about it. It's more of a highlight. Yeah. So JJ Reddick, I think was just, yeah, it's just classy. Like he's, he's getting a lot of credit yeah. from a lot well, of people. And, and you know, I, I think he was, he played on a, on a lot of teams when he played in the NBA and he was well liked, I think in it, in every stop ironically enough because in college wasn't he wasn't that yeah well he was kind yeah. of like a grayson allen before grayson allen was grayson yeah. allen yeah. yeah yeah but you know basically i thought what he said about luca was dead on and max was saying that luca doesn't make players better and jj said that's a bunch of crap he's playing with a bunch of rotational players and that in the last two seasons uh his shot selection is number one and so you know yeah. I just kind of felt like it was a good call, and I think Reddick's a good guy. Yeah. And, and I think as like a side note, what this has also done is created an internet minefield, which things like this often do, and the internet is a fantastic place. So now you see all of these comparisons. So now they're not only taking people from like Jordan's era and comparing them to current players, they're taking older players and comparing them to Jordan-era players. And one of the funniest ones that I have seen, and I mean – Topically, it's funny because of what we socially accept as greatest of all time. So Jordan is always in that talk versus, you know, some people say LeBron, what have you. But um, there was a there's a meme that was generated that is John Havlicek versus Michael Jordan. And the statistics are crazy, crazy similar. And it then it goes on to say, like, well, no question. It's. Why is Jordan even in the conversation? It's Sean Havlicek. You have both 11-time NBA, uh, All-NBA. Havlicek, 13 All-Stars. Jordan, 14. Havlicek, eight titles. Jordan, only six. Havlicek, this is where he he concedes to Jordan. 26,000 points versus Jordan's 32,000. But Havlicek, 8K rebounds versus six. 
6K assists versus five. Oh, man. 31 triple trip dubs versus 28. I mean, if you want to go off stats, yeah. I can't. And Havlicek, 8-0 in the finals versus Jordan 6-0. I got to well, fill this. I mean, what I'm just saying hey, is like, hey, it's, hey, <laughs> nobody gives hey, a damn about what you think. Was, nobody cares. It was a different, it was a different era. Nobody yeah, gives a damn. That's the point, Phil, is that they're saying that this is also a different era. But yeah, nobody, nobody gives a shit about John Havlicek. He sounds more like a wrestler than anything. Yeah, Who well, am I? I'm, I'm trying. Because I feel like when Phil gets worked up, he sounds like a little. I, I think he he's a cross between several wrestlers, and I know he was a fan. You know of what? Revenge. I could I could definitely I could imagine Phil in one of those um one of the what is it, the luchadors the Mexican wrestlers the the the, <laughs> the mask shirtless with the cape like a gimp, I could see him sitting like there a gimp mask <laughs> I I zipper open <laughs> I always picture Phil a little bit a cross between a wrestler and the Kool Aid Man. <laughs> Busting through like a house, going, "Oh yeah!" You know, I just that's kind of my. That is very endearing. I Phil is going to love yeah. that comparison. So I did hear. First of all, Jason Tatum wore a Michael Jordan T-shirt the other night, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. But I did hear uh, a NBA star, I believe from the '90s, who said that it doesn't do any good to argue the greatest of all time, but he thinks you can argue the greatest in an era. And so, for instance, oh, like okay. he Hands said, down, Kurt Rambis. Yeah, so, you know, Kurt Rambis has a lot of uh, supporters, but he argued like a Larry Bird um, and Magic Johnson era. Yeah. He uh, argued a Michael Jordan era. He argued a LeBron James era. He yeah, argued a Kobe, which is, which is short Kobe experience, which is the probably the most intelligent way to approach that. Because let's face it, the game morphs, the game changes. You know, we're seeing, and you know, I've taken some shit on this on my take, but we've seen, you know, it has transitioned to a three point league. You know, it, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of sharpshooters. It's a bunch of long shooting. It's not like you know, back in the day, it was. Let's let's take the high percentage shot. How close can we get the the, the ball to the basket yeah. to get these high percentage shots? Now it's well shit, if you're unguarded, why don't you why don't you practice why don't you take four hundred reps a day at thirty five feet deep with nobody guarding you and let's see how high we can get your percentage at you know shooting these deep th- deep threes and i mean it makes sense right because uh, three versus two i mean it, it, there's a lot of sense that that makes math but it's <laughs> but it's math. it's no longer the game that you know we grew up watching or even more so like our parents grew up watching and it's constantly morphing so i don't think you can really do cross-generational who's better than who because again had these players practiced you know if you give jordan you know the the type of time and energy in practice to do what steph Curry maybe practices maybe maybe jordan's one of the most prolific three-point shooters of all time or if uh, you know and reggie so reggie miller was working about getting open for the three so he was always you know aiming to shoot as close to the three-point line as possible for the highest percentage shot while still also maintaining three points you don't think reggie miller you give him unguarded 35 35 foot bombs. You don't think he's putting in a percentage yeah, it comes similar to, to Steph I, to the I, training. I think uh, Reggie Miller in today's NBA would have as good of a shot as Steph Curry. Would, would Reggie Miller be like a good fantasy basketball player? You guys think 100% in today's game, a hundred percent. Because I think I think Reggie I feel like Miller you're would selecting be selecting an all time NBA basketball team right now. Oh no, <laughs> I was trying to segue us. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Come on, baby. 
need you this week. It's your time. Time for a breakout. Man, I haven't heard, heard that in a while. Oh, man. I tell you what, this topic's already got me bonerized, but yes. you throw that drop on there. Holy should he go, shit. Should he go last? Yeah. Should yeah. Or first? <laughs> I think he's going to go when he wants to go. It's this is true. We're, I mean, let's not fight I, it, guys. I'm going to interject all over the place. Let's be all over. I you. have a plan. This so is this is going to this is going to be like a house orgy. I'm just, just going to come well, and go as wow. I please. <laughs> wow. So I think, and I hate to compare you to Antone, but we can Antone him and kind of keep him last. <sighs> yeah. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna shut the you're gonna you're gonna shut the zipper on my gimp mask. I, I don't want to say save God, the best for last, damn. but save the most. Maybe it's definitely informative. not the best because I, I I would put my knowledge up there. Yeah. He definitely has a lot more repetition, though. Yeah, well, I mean, whoever wins the, a fantasy league, I think gets the crown for, you know, I mean, I knowing think the most. Of this table, in the only one on one for Let's, a championship title, I think I'd, I'd, I beat you, right? That's, yeah. Not, I mean, but I mean, I, I also came in uh, how, how many years later and. Like the, the best player I got to pick in that draft was Tariq Cohen for crying out loud because there was like nothing available and Ooh. I still made it to the champions. <laughs> Did you know spot on, by the way? Loser said what? But <laughs> you know what we should go by? We should go by who's won their championship and gotten paid for it. Uh-huh. Okay, so now how... <laughs> All why, right. Why don't you tell this? What are we doing today? Because this is our way, yeah. way... Way too early. Well, it's not, it's not way, way, way too early because there are. So this is the time of year where a lot of dynasties will be drafting. Yeah. So tell I, us, but don't go into your picks. Uh, no, 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 yeah. I won't. So this is where <laughs> you, I'm you're trying to going to take that. No, no, I know. I know. Don't worry. I'm not going to blow this is for you guys. I, I want you. I want to hear you. Honestly, I want to hear your input because already I've done a ton of drafts. So I know where a lot of the ADP falls. That's and fair. then I also have my own input as to what I what I believe. But dynasties you know it's not way too early because a lot of dynasties are drafted now the rookie drafts so we're talking about established dynasty leagues where you're this is truly a rookie draft this isn't selecting this isn't a redraft league it's not a startup league you're you're still going to be able to draft some of the free agents that are on the waiver wire but who gives a shit because they're all old and probably (laughs) shitty anyway that's why they're on the waiver wire at this point so we're we're highlighting the dynasty rookie draft here we're going to go through some positions and then at the end we're going to fire out probably like the top six actual order that you should select these guys in okay so let's start off let's let's start off with a fun one right because quarterback kind of sucks so let's let's just face it first rounds usually quarterbacks aren't involved unless it's one of the major you know three so let's start off with running back what do you guys think with, with so, give me some dynasty running back you're saying like most dynasty exciting rookie. running back yeah i'm gonna then, let you go first because okay think. well i mean i feel like the most given obvious one is you know hall yeah going to being drafted by new york who is the consensus one point one? Yeah. as far as yeah. he's not mine, but I, but I is he is the consensus I think it's the, one one. It's yeah. the safest pick, especially if you're going into a, a dynasty league or not going into, but going into you know drafting these players that maybe has the safest longevity. Like he'll yes. obviously like Mike Carter is going to take some shares, but that Jets offensive line is getting younger. It's getting more exciting every year. They continue to build on it, and I just think he's drafted as to be the bell cow yeah and i think you're right and i just want to piggyback real quick i think they're setting up a situation in new york and i'm glad you highlighted young talented offensive line they're setting up a cleveland brown situation they're setting up a chubb hunt situation here i think with yeah. a better with a better baker mayfield probably <laughs> yeah i think um yeah i mean i think there's a lot to like with with uh bryce um i do think though that Carter is still going to be in the mix, he obviously, will, yeah. and he actually showed a 
He was a good. pretty good propensity to catch a pass out of yeah. the backfield. He's a likable guy. Too. He will be the hunt to yeah. Brees's yeah. uh, chub. Yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> my 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 one one though actually would be Kenneth Walker. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. And and the reason is is uh, Chris Carson is hurt, and I'm not so sure that he won't be cut at some point. He should be. Um, I think Rashad Penny looked fantastic, dude. Amazing. Yeah. If, in a very very yeah. small. Yes, He's sample size. Never been able to stay healthy. He's got the yeah, exactly. And, and I don't know that he can stay healthy. And so I, I looked and watched Kenneth Walker. He is an impressive running back. Yes, he's got the size for the NFL. He does have the capability of being a bell cow back. And we know Seattle Loves to likes run to run yeah. a running back. And I think they also said that he, he's he's pretty good receiving as well. Yes, yeah. So. Um, I'm again, just to piggyback, cause I, I'm just going to tell you things that I see in my drafts already and things that I've read. So, uh, as of right now, it is still projected for Rashad Penny to win that battle and for Kenneth Walker to have a huge, right. huge, uh, part in that game and being the, the, the one B to the one A of Rashad Penny. And you highlighted it. Can Penny stay healthy? Now you say that short sample size. Penny has done that now twice at the end of the season where he yes. has just put up explosive numbers. So you know, like, this dude got game. He won me a right. fantasy championship last yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, and he did it, I believe, two seasons before that. They've been waiting for Rashad Penny to be able to put that string of play together over the course of an entire season. Now, can he? I don't know. So I, I like where you're going. I think Kenneth Walker, I think Walker is eventually going to be Seattle's main guy. And... If Penny slips up at all, if he's injured at all, Walker is immediately RB one in that in that scheme because Chris Car. I think they are going to medically cut Chris Carson, and now we're talking about dynasty rookie draft. So now you've just inherited Seattle's RB one for the foreseeable future. And uh, Kenneth Walk- Walker is a decent <laughs> facsimile of Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. He's not quite as big, but he's big. Fast, can catch. Love Skittles. Love Skittles. Love yeah. Skittles. Now, you guys have not mentioned, and I don't know if you want me to go here or if you guys want to keep going no, on. No, This is your pick. All I right. think we should maybe do one each. So you guys have not spoken about who I'm most excited about. Is it a four-letter last name? It is, and that's and he, James Cook, man. for Buffalo. James yeah. Cook was amazing in Georgia. This guy can run. This guy can catch. This guy can do it all. Buffalo has been waiting for a guy like this in that offense. That's the only thing that's been missing because Singletary has not been consistent. When Singletary is on his game, you can see what that position is capable of in Buffalo. Just Singletary is not the guy to carry it out. Enter James Cook. I think you can now safely uh, plug him in. As a three down back, you know, there's going to be some, there's going to be some leeway, right? So they're going to give, they're going to give, you know, um, Singletary a little bit of play. Uh, I, I think you can factor Moss completely out at this point. You know, he might be goal line touches, but once you can safely work Cook into this, James Cook is going to have a very Dalvin Cook like role in Buffalo, and it's going to be fucking amazing because Buffalo's offense is awesome. They're young. Josh Allen is going to be top three quarterback for who the hell knows how long it's going to be for the foreseeable future. And when you have a a quarterback that is as accurate as he is, that can throw like he can, that can run like he can, you're going to have a back that's capable. That's going to be fantastic. 
And I love, I, I would argue, I've been scarfing up James Cook in my dynasty rookie drafts. And I finished pretty well in all my dynasty leagues. So I have mid to late round picks. And I've been scarfing them up at the end. And I'm like, holy shit, you yeah. people are missing out. Probably Man, you're a, missing the boat. A steal there. Yeah. yeah. Another one that I think is a huge steal that people are lo- overlooking a little bit is Damian Pierce. I think he's walking into the Texans running back role. They don't really have a clear-cut favor, and I think he's a better back than people are recognizing. Um, I like him. I think he's going to be good. That's 100%, 100% he should definitely go in the first round mid to, to the end because yeah. he does have the most clear-cut path to the number one because you got to figure the only people standing in his way are Marlon Mack, who's been unproven for the last two years. Right, and had a pretty serious injury last time we saw him yeah. in real play. And David Johnson, who uh, he, probably, he's who probably he's probably cut well, at this Well, he's point. not even signed, yeah. So. yeah. I, I think Pierce is at, like, he's a risk. But at like that one six, if you if, if you're drafting only rookies in a rookie draft, that one six, if you need a running back, I, I think he's yep. kind of probably where you want to go. I would be I would be very happy with that at one six. Two people that I do want to highlight just very quickly, uh, get them as cuffs because if the RB ones go down, they are instant plug and plays and are amazingly gifted athletes. You do like your handcuffs. Uh, Isaiah Spiller. If Eckler goes down, Spiller's the dude. Yeah, and Spiller can do it all. And uh, if Fat Lenny is a little bit too fat for that offense this year, uh, Mr. Rashad White, I think, will find himself with a significant amount of playing time. Yeah, I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn is definitely not. He's not I mean, the guy. Yeah, they do not like him. So, All right, that was nice, guys. Uh, good, good picks there. Now right. now let's go to a Thanks, position Mark. that... You know what? Now let's 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 get some of the let's get some of the the, the shit out of the way. We'll save wide receiver. <laughs> let's go to quarterback. We should only mention uh, there's only a couple a of, of them. names. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, the, it's but it is know. interesting. Who is your first quarterback coming off the board? I, I want to. Well, yeah, go ahead. we might have the. I don't know. We might have the same one. I mean, if you're talking dynasty, you're talking you know, longevity as far as when can this, yeah, you've already got valuable. Baker Mayfield in your starting lineup. You're so probably, you have the, you have the luxury of being able between, to stick one of these guys on your bench for a couple of games, pick it, or I want to say Ritter from Atlanta. And I'm just, I'm going to go pick it just because the Steelers knew what they were doing in the first round. Ritter. I like, he's a great character guy, but Mariota is there for two years. I don't know how explosive he can be in an Atlanta offense because he's more of a game. Man- I wouldn't say game manager, but everything went right for Cincinnati for them to have, you know, put Ritter on a pedestal like how he was. Right. I, I would go pick it. Yeah. And I mean, you highlighted two quarterbacks that are coming into pretty significantly awesome situations, whereas Trubisky's going to have a short leash and Mariota's going to have a short leash. Yep. And it's, you know, yeah. they, can easy- they can easily be pulled with not a whole lot of like repercussion. The one that I am the most interested in, and I agree with you, I think Pickett is probably the one that's going to be starting by game four. Yeah, I if, think, if I think the Steelers that, go south, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that you're talking about a quarterback that practiced in the on the field that he's going to play on, like mm-hmm. knows the area. Yep. The one that I think has the next clearest path is Matt Carell. Um, I mm, think Darnold, yeah. we know what Darnold is, and it is not impressive. Yep. Um, and what, or Cam Newton or Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, and what's even worse is, I don't know if you just... Because I think Bridgewater went back to Carolina, right? Uh, I do not know. I don't feel like that's accurate, mm, but you No, Bridgewater's be. on the Giants. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, Darnold, I don't know if you saw what he said today, 
but he said today that he... It's not my job to coach Macarell into being a <laughs> shitty quarterback. <laughs> no, he said he feels like he has the skill to be the best quarterback in the NFL. Oh, oh my was God. That on, um, uh, was that on the bus podcast with Taylor Luan? Yeah. yeah. So, famous last words. Uh, this is a dude that just two seasons yeah. ago said that he saw ghosts in his yeah. five or yeah. six interception S- games. Sam... You do not have the skill to be the best quarterback in the NFL, and shame on you for saying it. You're barely above. Listen, honestly, please stop talking, Sam. You don't have the skill yeah. to be the best quarterback yeah. on your team. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that you have. If you were in a room with Josh Rosen and Malik Willis, that you have the clearest path <laughs> to being the best quarterback in the room. So I think Carell actually has a chance yes. to start. Uh, and I think Carolina, unless they trade for a Mayfield, which is still on the table. Why would you? Uh, I think because their room is in disarray. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, I mean, that's why it's, it's even sillier what Sam said. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Carolina is, as of last week, still talking to the Browns and had the Browns taken more of Mayfield's contract would have traded for him. So I think Mackerel has a path to starting relatively quickly. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I now understand that meme uh, where I was going with Bridgewater still being in Carolina. So I read a meme the other day. Uh, it said, That's all you heard. Nobody gives a damn, Mark. Carolina. Carolina <laughs> is paying, still paying for Cam's replacement, Teddy Bridgewater. Cam's replacement replacement, oh, I saw this Sam Darnold. And now... Cam to replace the replacement's replacement. That was it. <laughs> so they're playing all three and then draft yeah. the corral. So I'm with you. The one I'm most excited about seeing, and I'm not going to name another quarterback, is Matt Corral. I think it, it took uh, – Corral had, was injured towards late in the season last year, and I think that dr- hurt his draft stock. But I think Corral is probably the most NFL-competent quarterback to be drafted in this class. I love his I love his what swagger. I've seen he out of swagger. him. His swagger is unbelievable and his game is really good too. I think that if he puts in a good camp and we already know what what Cam has been reduced to, we already know what Darnold is capable of. I think Corral could potentially come out of camp as QB1. If he performs, I I mean, I feel like Carolina is so quick to not commit to a quarterback that if Corral isn't the guy that he's not the guy very quickly though. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it could go any, any number of ways, but I do like Corral's path. And I think that out of all of the quarterbacks selected in this, well, I, I was even very vocal about it, you know, leading up to the NFL draft. I like Matt Corral. Yeah. Okay. So we should, what's next guys. All right. So let's punt tight end, right? Cause there's yeah. not going to be any tight ends taken in your dynasty rookie draft first round. It's just not going to happen. I so let's do it. Let's get into it, yeah. man. Wide receiver. This one, this is a hot topic because there are probably eight very dynamic wide receivers that could be taken in the first yeah. round of your dynasty draft. And there's probably at least four that you should talk about potentially taking as the first wide receiver off the board. I want to, uh, I oh man, there, you're right though. Cause there's a lot of, I think we should get Mark the first one because I know yeah, that go Mark ahead. has a serious, I don't, I don't a serious, it. a serious Nick Chubb for for Mr. Traylon Burks. Yes, Just, you do. Yeah, get, get right. it over with. So and, I and you have for like I do. I'm going giving on you six months. Well, I mean, I'm, I watched a, I watched him in college, and I was just watching like the physical specimen, and then him going out and performing to what you see that he should be able to do was it was very very impressive right? i'm gonna be generous and give you three minutes <laughs> so 
Uh, Mark's never lasted yeah. 10 minutes. <laughs> Are you kidding? I'm, <laughs> your time, I'm about bro. to go 13, man. I'm about to go 10 strong. Jesus. I, but you couldn't go 13 now, minutes if I, I spotted you 11 and a half. <laughs> so, so when we when we break this when we break this up into the clips, I'm going to get burnt on. You know, they're going to be like, "Oh, you saw him." You know, on the sideline, huffing and puffing. He went in. You know, first practice. He, you know, his conditioning's not there. He's got Trust a legitimate me. issue. I mean, he's got like asthma. Yeah. Well, this dude's going to be ready. Yeah, he's got asthma. All right, and he's playing in Tennessee. And guess what? You sons of bitches. Everything is blooming right now in Tennessee. So uh, his asthma's probably worked up a little bit. But he's going to get his conditioning straight. He's got a huge frame. He's a great route runner. He's fast. He can go up and win contested balls. I love Traylon Burks. It's a dynasty draft. Go out and get them, man. Don't go out and get the guys that are iffy or small frames, you know. I was very high on Devontae Smith, and I still am because I think he's got a good game. That dude's got to put Gilbert. some. He's got to put some meat on his bones, though, you know, because you you saw the game where he was, you know, he, he was hit, and then the defensive back went and picked him up by by his hips and put him nah, back in his whatever. feet. Like total disrespect to how slight his frame is. Hey, that shit ain't happening. Hey. That shit ain't happening to Traylon Burks. It would take Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney to pick him up simultaneously. Wow. All right, I I don't wow, disagree. Okay, Mark. I think when I just put the timer on, it scares yeah. him. No, man, I, I don't get scared. I don't want even. I don't even succumb to that bullshit. The only thing <laughs> I, I would say that. is like uh, he doesn't have a really advanced route tree. Like, and and I know what you're saying. It's he has all the attributes: six three, big frame, quick enough. Uh, you know, wide catch radius. He's got everything. But they didn't. A lot of his passes in college were behind the line of scrimmage, and he outmuscled people. Let me just say, there is a reason why they let AJ Brown oh, yeah, go in that sure. trade, yeah, and selected. Uh, I mean, not AJ, a reason why, but a reason why they were confident in who they're. I mean, the reason selecting. is AJ okay. played half a season every year because he got hurt. Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> you're talking about my wide receiver one, right? Uh, yeah, for six, seven games, yes. And then, right? Somebody said, somebody said Jalen Rager. <laughs> I didn't hear. I didn't right. hear Rager's name. Who do you got here? The Bears would be so happy to get oh, Jalen Rager. Bullshit. Do we have Darnell Mooney? Oh, don't make me. You guys Whoa. are baiting me. You sons of bitches are baiting me. <laughs> Daryl Mooney. Who's your two? Who's your two? Uh, it is. God, who they just? They just went out and got somebody. Exactly. Yeah, well, Jalen I mean, Rager it, 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 to the Chicago no, Bears. Fuck confirmed. that. Now I, I like Vilas Jones better than I like Rager. Crying out loud. Yeah. So, oh, you want me to? Yeah. Oh, it was it uh, it's a uh, M- not MVS, the other one. Yeah, too late. Yeah. Uh, Alan, Esquimius. Alan no, Esquimius. St. Oh, Brown. Equanimous. 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 Is it? I don't think it's Equanimous. I think so. Yeah, Equanimous. Hippotamus. Either way. Keep, okay. Keep up. Keep so, up, anonymous. So, Trey Trey Burks is is a good pick. Um, you know, someone. Cedric London, oh, volume. He's a he's just gonna get all the volume in Atlanta. Um, I, I kind of want to go, and this might take Rocco's pick. I'm gonna go Chris Olave. No, no, I, I'm okay. I thought Ohio State was gonna get the best of him in there. Well, he's got two to choose from. <laughs> yeah, I the, and I just all these dynasty draft picks for me are just is this player gonna not only do something for you maybe this year, but is he gonna pan out for the next you know few seasons? And I think. Michael Thomas is a huge question mark. Huge question mark. Yes. Um, how long is Landry there for? He's also old. Um, it might even take away some of the... I wouldn't say... 
he, the matchup for Say, Olave is you're good. about to you're about to hit yeah. it. The Olave like the matchup is good for him as far as there's a lot of other players around him. Sorry, I am so stuffy right now. My bad. I don't have COVID. I swear. It, it's just going to be good for this guy. I mean, it's going to pan out. He's probably going to end up being the wide receiver one there, not this season, but maybe you know season two, season three for him. I, I just think it's a good pick. So I in my one of my dynasty drafts the other day, I I shot Rocky. Uh, uh, a screenshot because I had I ended up working myself five times into the first round and Alave was my Alave was my biggest value and I got him towards the end of the first round. Yeah, I think he could sleep into being one of the best wide receivers. But what happens is Alave is instant success and I'll tell you why. Even though Mike Thomas is a question mark, Mike Thomas is going to demand coverage. Even though Jarvis Landry's longevity is a question mark, he's going to demand coverage. Yeah. What does that do? That leaves the rookie one-on-one mm-hmm. who wins one-on-one matchups with, get this, not the team's best defensive back because yep. they're already covering Mike Thomas and they're dedicating their safeties to spying on Landry over the middle. You're going to see Chris Olave in a lot of one-on-one matchups that he can win. And I, he is, for me, he's one of... Yeah. Probably the the top three wide receivers. I'm with you, man. Thank you for bypass Drake yeah. London. My sinuses were killing me there. <laughs> bypass Drake London, unless Rocky might end up talking about him. Probably not though. But I don't think hey, you're ready to press something over that there. that offense. That offense is not going to be dynamic. And Drake London, I think, is one of those guys that's kind of like the busts that the Lions were known for having prior to Calvin Williams. Oh. So you're saying Calvin Chris Williams. Olave is a great receiver? Calvin Williams. Who am I thinking of? I Are you talking Calvin Ridley or James? Calvin Williams? Johnson. Okay. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So you're saying Calvin that Johnson. Chris Olave is a great receiver, and I need to hear you say that. Chris Olave is in the greatest scenario oh. that Chris Olave could be What in. a politician. John Samos. <laughs> what? Did we just become best friends? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You wanted it. It almost worked. It almost worked. <laughs> Chris Olave is, has the most developed. We talked about Traylon Burke not having a developed route tree yep. Chris Olave has the best he is fluid in his routes it's it it is poetry he's fa- he I think is one of the fastest actually uh in the 40 times he catches everything I think he dropped two passes in the last like year and a half he, it's a great scenario for him I'm going to disagree with you and I'm going to say there's two I like a lot but I'm going to say Anybody sleeping on Drake London is making a mistake because Drake London has a chip on his shoulder. He's been called too slow over and over and over again. He reminds me a lot of other receivers like a Terrell Owens that said he was too, you know, came out of a small school like a Jerry Rice that said they weren't good enough. Are you a calling USC a small school no, and I, B I, I'm comparing saying, Drake London to T.O.? I am, yes, I am. I, I'm not saying USC is a small school. Clips. I'm saying that. I'm saying that people are saying Drake London is too slow. And there is such a thing as 40 speed and game speed. And here's what you can't teach. 6'5", 220 pounds with a catch radius of, a, you know, yeah, I know. Uh, tell that to huge. tell that to a former Atlanta pass catcher, Levine Toil. Laquan Treadwell is completely different. It's completely different. Is that what you were trying to say there, yeah. Laquan Treadwell? <laughs> no, 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 it was oh. uh, Levine Tuliolo. Yeah, yeah, it's the like tight end. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Drake London, <laughs> in limited times last year, in eight games, 
had 88 receptions and eight touchdowns, more than any other receiver in college football. He catches passes. That happens at USC. Remember Mike Williams at USC? It it happens. Mike hap- Williams is not yeah. bad. No, no. Not that Mike Williams. The bust Mike Williams that went to Detroit. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> I, I would agree with you on most years, except for that if you look at the cornerbacks that came out of the Pac-10 this year, they were good. There was a lot of really good cornerbacks that came out of the Pac-10 this year. So he did it against some pretty good cornerbacks. So, right, so now that like you confuse our audience That's back good. into putting Drake London in the top five. Yeah, the other one. <laughs> Who else? Uh, this would be uh, mm-hmm. one that I think some people will pass on is uh, Romeo Dobbs. Um, is the second receiver picked by the Green Bay Packers. I think a lot of people will go with uh, Christian Watson. Christian Watson dropped a lot mm. of passes in college. Especially yes. as to be the MVS replacement deep threat. You yeah. should not be dropping those balls. Yeah. The, the funniest oh, stat I saw on Christian Watson, too, was they broke uh, drop passes down in tiers. He was in a tier all by himself, nice. as yeah. most drop passes. For, yeah. well, he was a second-round pick by the... No, he wasn't even second-round pick by the Packers. Was he third? Uh, he not, was their first wide receiver taken. I, I thought think it was second, it was round. second round. And yeah. I think okay. Dobbs was third. Dobbs had 2,100 recep- uh, 2, receiving yards, 20 touchdowns. Uh, I think Dobbs is kind of a low-key, could be the one that actually comes out of it. And he's... Listen, nobody's Devontae Adams. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. But somebody's catching passes from Aaron Rodgers. And... Watkins may get thrown passes from Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if he'll be catching them. So, anyways, Fair. that's what I would go. And I don't know if you guys have any any other receivers. Yeah. So, here we go. So, it's Dynasty, right? So, let me mention a couple other guys. So, remember, these guys, you might not be drafting them and put them in your lineup right now, but future, and it's not going to hurt this year either. So, you're talking about a young offense the Jets have. It's explosive. It's, it's going to be fun. Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Go out and get Garrett Wilson. Uh, Jamison Williams, this might be kind of a, a tricky year coming off that ACL, but trust me, Jamison Williams come next year is going to be a huge part of that offense. You pair him with Amon Ross St. Brown, and you get a good quarterback in Detroit, and you might have you might end up hitting some, some pay dirt there because you're going to get Jamison at a discount because of the injury. He's going to fall a little bit. Uh, George Pickens, Pittsburgh is over. Chase Claypool's bullshit. I think Claypool is going to be gone. Yep. They already got rid of Juju, so now you're going to look at Deontay Johnson commanding the most targets. Uh, oh, shit, but it is Trubisky, so it will only be Deontay <laughs> Johnson getting low, the targets. Low-key rumor, low rumor uh, Antonio Brown wants to come back. And oh, I heard that too. Yeah. Yeah. But the Steelers God. are just traditionally you know, known for picking productive wide receivers at the end of the day. Like, they are, yeah. but there's a yeah. lot of smoke about Pickens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're like, I, I don't know if you guys heard, but he left the scene of an accident by walking away and abandoning his car. Uh, he two just, weeks yeah. before <laughs> you guys so, I mean, they're bringing up all of his yeah. character yeah. flaws. They're saying that he is it's not character. They say it's, um, entitlement that there's just, uh, he has a super That's a character flaw. Well, yeah, 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 you're right. I would say that, yeah. That's fair. That's uh, fair. I well, filled it. I filled fair. that, yeah. like, P-H-I-L-apostrophe-D. <laughs> P-H-I-L-apostrophe-D. You filled yeah, that. I filled that. Filled that. Uh, last one I want to mention, I think he, he might be low-key decent to, to go out there and get towards the end of the first round, beginning of the second. That's Sky Moore, because I, uh, yeah. I think in Kansas City, you're talking about a team that loves to throw the goddamn ball. Kelsey's getting a little bit older. They brought in Juju. Uh, Sky Moore might end up being uh, really, really, really good value yeah, for you. One of the best rookie, one of the best rookie landing spots, I think, in an offense. Being yeah. with Andy Reid, he'll find a way to use you. My only thing with Sky Moore, I think, I just have like this doubtful fear that 
he's not going to be like everything that they want it to be. So by the time they draft another wide receiver or two, he'll just kind of fall into like a McCole Harmon kind of role or something yeah. like that. But I agree with you to where he has the upside, I think. So, yeah. yeah. The one that I'm excited to see, and I think he might actually do a lot better than what's projected, is John Mechie the third. I think they're setting him up pretty good. I mean, he doesn't really have too much competition in Houston. But John Mechie is a taller, faster Jarvis Landry. Mm. I, I I think he could be one that, like, in five years we're like, holy crap. I mean, he had this many receptions. So, yeah. no, I agree with you yeah. there. I wanted him for the Browns, and for some reason they just didn't, didn't do it. Didn't feel like they needed a we wide receiver. Put, what's our time? At? Yeah, I was just going to say, boys, yeah. we're, we're about 120. I think put we a, should uh, put a bow on that. <sighs> yeah, so I'll, I'll, on that can, I feel, can I fill outro this? Yeah. You, you can. Hey, you guys. Thanks for watching another episode of Ultimate Fantasy Locker Room Podcast. Um, if you would love, if you love this video, please like, subscribe. You know, we have a lot of social media handles out there. It's all UFL Podcast on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok. Give us a follow on those as well. We we you know almost make daily content there, and uh, you know let us know as well if our takes were good. Comment on this video. We love you guys. Thanks for watching. Peace. I try, but I don't know why.